and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. This is a big one. We are back for our second episode since our hiatus. We are down to three. We had Stephen with us last week, but I'm Illegal86. I'm joined as ever by Nerd Bomber and Tactic. So we're back to three amigos territory. And we're going to be talking about D23 this week. Pretty much exclusively, I think, because there's a lot to delve into. Guys, where, where are the D23 hype levels at over there? It depends on what the topic is. Are we talking TV movies or are we talking games? Well, in general, maybe? why don't we find out? I was trying to get a general vibe, but... I'm more hyped a, about what, the games the distinction you've is, made is basically is, where I'm at. Okay. I'm more hyped about the movies. Wow. It sounds like people are on the edge of their seats then. Why we feel this way? I should be the person... Like This would be a good time for me to chime in and be like, I'm excited about the shows. But you know what? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 we'll, we'll, we'll dig into that, but... There's there's a lot here, you know. Obviously, we have the traditional Disney content, a lot of Pixar announcements, a lot of animated content being announced. A sequel to Enchanted was announced. Hocus Pocus was announced. A live action Mermaid. So that's your traditional Disney territory. But as we know, Disney is a content glutton, and so they have since absorbed and devoured, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, 20th Century Studios. So there's there's a lot to delve into there. Obviously, a lot of Marvel content, a lot of Star Wars content. Uh, it wouldn't be D23 without that before we get into the nuts and bolts do we know why they call it d23 that was, that's the research that i failed to do i don't i don't want to put either of you on the spot but i have been realizing as i go through this i have no idea why it's called that so apparently d refers to disney and 23 refers to 1923 which is the year that walt disney founded the company look we learned something today regardless of what happens with our opinions and and disagreements or agreements on various pieces of content we now know that and next year hopefully i won't ask that when we talk about d23 although for all i know we could roll back the tape in exactly a year and be talking our d23 episode and i might have asked the same exact question so hopefully not but either way the wheel of time spins madly on why don't we start with the traditional disney stuff so i want to start with we, we can dance around Maybe you just like each person like announce a topic to discuss. Uh, it might be the way we'll do it. But I want to talk about the live action Little Mermaid. And I want to say that I'm not feeling it. And here's why. Okay. Really? It's visually, I think it looks great. I do not care for the vocal stylings of Haley Bailey. I'm sure she will be great. I feel like we didn't get nearly enough, though, to like hear the full vocal stylings. Like, I thought it sounded we got enough from the the sound quality was good I, I got enough of it to know from my perspective that she's gonna jazz it up a little bit which hey you know what that's a choice and it, this is again there's there, this is the problem with all the remakes that get made is i'm when it comes to remakes i'm the kind of person who i'm like give me the songs that i know you know this song being a perfect example of that give me to them exactly the same way don't do anything to them and maybe i'm in the minority there see I thought this sounded great. I like, think visually, I thought she sounded great. I thought it didn't really sound that far off, and maybe it's just because I haven't watched The Little Mermaid in a really long time. But like, I didn't think it sounded drastically different. Like this song was something sing alongable to. It wasn't that vastly different from what I remember it being. So there was one point. I know you're musically inclined sing, so more I... so than I am. So if you have like technical know how that I don't, please let us know. Where I'm at is I just want to go where the people go. I want to see want to see them dancing right walking around on those what are they called right feet feet but feet yeah music aside i think it's i agree with nerd bomber it, it should be jazzed up it's not supposed to be a, a copy paste it's supposed to be a fun new take on a live action 
version. And with that said, the thing that I really was excited about was, did anyone else just really enjoy the tail? Like the fish tail that they used, took inspiration really of like, like an tail. angel fish instead of just the traditional, you know, one flipper nonsense yeah. that we've kind of seen over the years. But I, I, I'm looking forward to all sorts of different interpretations like that that are just going to take it to the next level of this artistic version. That's just my two cents. So I think visually it was very, very good. I had no problems with it visually at all. I think as much as I was talking about her jazzing up the song... I would also say that the tone of her voice is much brighter than the aerial that I that I've listened to. This song is like one of the most popular and famous songs from the movie. So it's just like I'm so inclined to compare it again, whether that's the right approach or the wrong one. So that I just that immediately stuck out to me. But look, this movie has an amazing cast. Melissa McCarthy, uh, Jacob Tremblay, Aquafina, Javier Bardem. Like they're all appearing, not in this trailer, but they will be in the movie. I just like I, the other thing about this is the recent like Disney live action remakes that I've seen, the ones that two I can think of, I think the only two I've seen have been Aladdin and Mulan. I just, Mulan was pretty good. Mulan, I didn't you have didn't too much of an issue King. with. Aladdin, I didn't see the Lion King, but like Aladdin, I had a lot of issues with. And a lot of the issues I had were exactly that. I was like, you, you changed it and you did not have to, like you could have made Aladdin and just made it a live action movie. And I would have watched it and liked it. And I don't think Aladdin, like, I'm trying to remember. I don't think it was like particularly critically adored or even audience adored. So I just, I don't know. It feels to me they're going down the same path or continuing down the same path they've been using for these live action remakes. And I'm just so skeptical for that reason that it's, that it's going to satisfy me at all. But look, one man's opinion, you know, in the field of live action stuff, you know, and you mentioned the Lion King, that's getting a sequel. Actually uh, a prequel. Mufasa. A prequel, sorry. But yeah, it's good. It's called Mufasa, so kind of has to be a prequel. Spoiler alert. I have not seen the first Lion King, the like live action Lion King. But you've seen Lion King, correct? Like in general? Yeah, like- yeah I, I I know the gist. Yeah, I saw the I saw the first original good Lion King. What's really cool yeah, what about getting a Mufasa prequel is it's going to, in my opinion, it has to, it's going to introduce what probably not a lot of people know about unless you are a youngin, the Lion Guard. It's going to introduce the Lion Guard. No, the Lion Guard was post-Simba. Scar was in the Lion Guard when he was little. Boom. Oh, really? Mic drop. Huh. Oh, I yeah. wonder like, I wonder what the story is going to be like. I wonder if they're going to draw inspiration. Because I know, like you said, like the Lion Guard, which I have not watched at all, dropped a lot of lore for the Lion King. I don't want to call it universe, but the Lion King story, you know, kind of continued it on. It goes deep. It goes really deep in the lineage. And there's like so much lore that the Lion King just doesn't scratch on its own. And I think this kind of, you know, one of... The complaints that you just kind of lofted illegal for a lot of the live action movies was that you don't really understand the point of some of these live action movies in the first place. I think I remember like when these started coming out, I think that was a lot of the criticism that people were giving to this movie. I understand the point. I do understand the point. The point is make money. Well, yeah. Uh, and that, and that's that's always been the point. But I think this is like something new. You know, it's giving that live action format, but expanding on the story. It definitely deserves credit for that because like the other thing a live action snow white is coming in 2024 that's another thing i'm kind of just running down the list here but there's a lot of there were a lot of like live action that thing announcements and I, again i like we don't have a lot of information about it yet but 
A, they've already done a couple of live-action Snow Whites, and I'm pretty sure, by and large, they've been not good. Well, that's why I think Mufasa is something way more to look, get excited for, because it's not just, well, we're going to just make a live-action. It's something that really viewers haven't been exposed to. It's a it's a rich lore that they can really tap into and not just make money, but take us on a ride. Yes, yes. Definitely an exception to, to, to all of these. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to highlight, again, continuing to go through, like, there's just, there's a lot of... I guess I, I don't, and I'm probably wrong about this. In fact, I'm sure I'm wrong about this. But whenever I think about these live action remake Disney movies, I don't really think of them as being successful. They must be. <laughs> like, at the very least, they must be making Disney a lot of money because it is very clearly the focus in, in a huge portion of this, you know, this D23 lineup. So maybe it's that I need to, to get on board. But yeah, Mufasa is definitely an exception in the sense that it it's at least going to provide something new. And and. We're going to get into that later too, you know. But for now, we'll we'll stick with the what I'll call the traditional Disney stuff. I, I want to swing over to not to jump around too much, but I want to swing over to Hocus Pocus too because I know Nerd Bomber. This is you know Hocus Pocus is a thing to you, lest we forget. You like didn't you like make your your grandma watch it with you every day or something? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm like, do I have that correct? I, I'm not going to rehash my Hocus Pocus origin story, but for better or worse, yeah, I've watched this a lot. So Hocus Pocus 2, you know, I've been really looking forward to this. I actually bought a new hoodie to watch when the movie drops on Disney Plus in, I think it's September 30th. But yeah, this looks better than I think I expected. I was a little bit worried that, you know, it would have that sequel movie kind of like knockoff-y type feel, that it would be a little bit too cringe. I'm not really sure how I feel about Sam Richardson in this, like, because he feels a little bit campy. And if you go back to the original Hocus Pocus, the only really like campy characters were the three witches themselves being like purposely campy. And he seems like he's like not on purpose trying to be campy. So I don't know how I feel about that. But overall, though, I think this could have the potential to be fun. Like, I don't think this is going to be like as good as the first movie at all. So I'm not going to get my hopes up that much. But I mean, it looks like it'll be entertaining enough for super fans like me. And I'm just looking forward to more Hocus Pocus Sanderson's right. interaction. You you use the term campy and that's it's exactly that. I think it's going to nail that tone perfectly. I think whether that plays the same way now as it did then is a very legitimate question that I do not know the answer to, but I, I would agree from my memory of it, which I'm sure is not as sharp as yours. Like tonally, this is this is more of what we got the first time around, and if only because of everything else I've said prior to talking about this movie. Like I think that's great. <laughs> I think this movie is poised to do exactly what it's supposed to do. Whether that's effective, we'll, we'll see. I'm just excited to see. So the this the plot line is basically these girls that are turning 16 accidentally summon the Sanderson sisters and then it just shows them like fighting and doing all these things but it seems like the Sanderson sisters could have had protégés and it really I think it could have had way more interesting potential but it seems like it's going to start off different and then go back to the same thing with kids versus witches and I kind of just wanted them to take over the world well, I mean, I don't think you could realistically allow the Sanderson sisters to succeed because, like, that is the most anti-Disney take on a movie ever. <laughs> so I think it would be right. interesting, though. I kind of see what you're saying, like, kind of have the Sanderson sisters be redeemed a little bit and have them, like, come around to just train the new girls of witches and, like, maybe admit that dark magic wasn't the way. But then that's not... No. That's not, like, the... They train them, then the young witches take them out and say, it's our time, and then it ends, and that sets it up for another, a trequel. What is it? What is it? Well, so, Trilogy? So <laughs> the trequel, trequel's good. We'll, we'll stick with that terminology. So, so an, another, and actually, the 
the sort of summary article I have in front of me does not have this listed, but I want to use that as kind of a segue. So, so this idea of creating connective tissue between the original three Sanderson sisters and potentially a new, you know, gang of witches, whether or not that's, you know, Nerd Bomber, you make a good point of like, it's Disney, the witches probably shouldn't win. <laughs> succeed in their goal of like it seems like like killing children yeah taking the lives of all the children um, in salem if you want to create that connective tissue you need to do it in this movie because otherwise what you're gonna get is the trailer for the new national treasure show did you guys happen to see that yeah it was because man that's gonna be hard i'm not gonna watch it but if i did it, i'm sure it'd be very hard to watch there were a couple, and like that's another thing that I think Hocus Pocus 2 deserves a lot of credit for. And honestly, a lot of the things we've talked about thus far deserve a lot of credit. The thing that I hate maybe the most about the National Treasure show is the connective tissue between the main character and the main characters from the previous rendition. Like, yeah, they're bringing back Harvey Keitel. They're bringing back, it uh, looks like the guy who plays Riley. I can't think of his name right now. Justin Bartha. I think that's great, but it's just not, it's not strong enough. And you need... You need a segue. You can't just make a show and create a character out of thin air. And it looks like that's what they're going to be doing. I mean, it, you, let me correct myself. You can do that. But if you do it, you're not allowed to call it National Treasure. <laughs> like, it just, it, it feels so splintered as an idea. And it looks so kind of just cliches all over. And the thing I maybe hate the most about the new National Treasure is uh, their shows. We need to cool it with the shows. Like, I think Hocus Pocus is doing the right thing. They're making a movie. All of these live action movies are movies. National Treasure does not need to be a show. Like, I get it. You have a streaming service now. You can put out shows. They're really just like beating the crap out of that capability. And we're going to get to it with the Marvel and Star Wars content too. I just like, if there's one thing that recent marvel and star wars content has taught me with the exception of the mandalorian which we'll get to that too it's that so many things that should be movies are being turned into shows and the result of that is a huge amount of filler content which i'm sure national treasure is going to have and i'm sure hocus pocus is not going to have that which is great but we can we can stay with movies because it makes me happier let's talk about disenchanted did either of you guys see enchanted because i have to acknowledge that I did not. You haven't seen Enchanted? That was a really big deal when it came out because it had McDreamy in it. it and Amy Adams was yeah. kind of like a... Old, was this her breakout movie? But I thought she had done something like right before it that like paired with this movie, like broke her out into being more like a it, well, yeah. Hollywood star. It was very early career Amy Adams. It may have been her breakout movie. I remember it coming out. I remember it being a huge deal. It got by me is what I will say mcdreamy is as mcdreamy as ever my yeah my, my takeaways from this trailer were were all very visual because i i understand the basic gist of enchanted but i don't have a lot of the story beats so i'm kind of just watching watching this trailer happen to me so enchanted is basically a princess comes into the real world and wants to live in the real world that's that's basically the plot and then she does then disenchanted this right. plot is she's in the real world and it's hard so she wants it to be more fairy tale esque, and it almost seems like she's becoming like the villain in this movie, which and is I really, fantastic. Yeah, I really love that take. I think that's really unique and refreshing because you never really see, you know, the good characters in any Disney movie go bad. And because she was such a beloved character, and it was one of her breakout roles early in her career, like it's a very iconic role for anybody who watched Enchanted. And so to see the character, like you know, just kind of get beaten down by life and ultimately for maybe the right intentions kind of go overboard and 
step into the darkness a little bit. I think that's a, a really interesting take. And I'm really looking forward to this one because I think that's really, you know, it's a new direction for some of these Disney movies. Well, and, the, you know, the the moral premise, is, as I'll call it, like the idea of like, man, regular life is really hard. I wish this was a fairy tale. It's like, gosh, in 2022, that is one of the most accessible <laughs> themes for anything, right? It's, it's you know... I think we all feel that way these days to, to some extent. You know, I, I'm sure there's going to be some thematic thing hidden behind that of like, we all wish we were in a fairy tale, but blah, 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 things are going to happen. And she's going to realize that no, real life is is, is better in, in some way, I guess. But I agree. It's it's a it's a refreshing idea. I think Maya Rudolph looks like she's going to be awesome in this movie. In particular, I want to shout I wanted to shout her out because it looks like she's going to have a pretty layered role. Yeah, th- I think this this will be a good one. I may have to watch Enchanted before I see that one. <laughs> I imagine there's probably a lot of points at which I will become confused if I do not. Most of the stuff is on Disney Plus. Yeah, I'm, I think it is. I'm, I, I think I've scrolled by it before. My current Disney Plus watching experience, I'm doing a rewatch of Boy Meets World, which I'll, I'll maybe I'll talk about that later. Uh, in my what are you up to but so i scroll by a lot of stuff there was a lot else there's a lot of other things in the disney section that were announced but we don't have footage for as far as i can tell inside out 2 which is super super exciting uh inside out this is really worth mentioning because this one is going to cover her as a teenager and they're going to introduce new emotions which couple those two together my gosh the possibilities are endless (laughs) well plus like the teenage years are hard I mean, being an adult is also very hard, but I feel like the teenage years are the first time that you kind of experience hard life. Because as a kid, I mean, I'm talking very like generally speaking, as a kid, you don't really know what's going on. You don't have a ton of your own responsibilities because you usually have people taking care of you. Whereas when you become a teenager, like you're going through puberty, you're learning social like hierarchies and structures that maybe shouldn't even exist, but you're still experiencing them. And all of your insecurities are put on a magnifying glass. And it's not until adulthood when you realize, hey, this is who I am and I'm going to embrace those insecurities. And then couple that with like high school slash looking at what you want to do for the rest of your life stress. Like, I feel like there's so much that you could mine in the teenage years for a movie like this that, you know, I'll admit Inside Out was not one of my favorite Pixar movies. I Like, it, it was really good. Don't get me wrong. Oh. But it like was not up there in my top tier list of, you know, Pixar movies ever. But I think like delving into the teenage years will be really... It was really... heavy though. Inside Out was heavy and definitely like, did not shy away from hard topics. So like, this is going to be fantastic. Inside Out is, I don't think it's my favorite Pixar movie, but it's definitely top three. And you know, one of the metrics for Pixar movies and me, me grading Pixar movies is how much did it emotionally destroy me? And like, there are certain scenes from the first Inside Out that like, I'll, I'll never forget, like not to go too far in a spoiler town, but like the bing bong scene just dismantled my insights. Yeah, if you don't if you don't know the big scene. scene by now. The thing the thing that confuses me though about this is if they're introducing two additional emotions and in the first one they not only cut to her emotions but they cut to the parents emotions and they all had the same amount of characters in their brain. So where were those other two? And do they get killed off when well, you become an adult? Well, I don't think it necessarily gets killed off, but there's definitely things that you experience as a teenager, like teen angst. Like, I know we're all angsty people now and then, but like as a teenager, you lean into angst as like even the happiest teenagers lean into angst pretty hard. Yeah, it's your resting state in a lot of ways. And, and I, I actually think that, you know, the question that you're asking, Tactic, and like, I, I, I think there's a lot of 
moments that you might remember from the first movie in particular towards the end and like you said with with the parents emotions being shown like that's an amazing story world in which to to continue this story and like you said to access all of this potential you know really emotionally provocative content associated with, with with the emotions of being a teenager like i think this movie there's an immense opportunity here but there's also an immense challenge in the sense of like the reason that inside out like resonated with me so much when i saw it i was i was fully an adult i had escaped the emotional vortex of being a kid and and being a teenager and all that but it still very palpably reached me in in a in a powerful way and this movie like by its nature is going to have to do so again for me to consider it worth the money that it costs to make it so like that's that's a very high bar Uh, you know pixar is pixar i'm pretty sure they can clear that bar but it has very big shoes to fill the potential is definitely there, though, because of all the things you've mentioned, like the, the the idea of just how difficult it is to be a teenager and how much, I guess, how much story world there is to be ex- invented and explored there. Yeah, the potential is definitely there for that to be incredible. Sticking with animation, you know, scrolling through a lot of these, we don't we weren't shown the footage for these. We just heard that they were discussed and like the audiences show were, were shown footage i don't know if it's pronounced elio i'm assuming that's how it's pronounced sci-fi pixar movie meet elio a boy who is who finds himself transported across the galaxy and is mistaken for the intergalactic ambassador for our planet earth i mean look it's a very simple premise i think it's a very good one it's a animation playground which is a good thing for pixar to to find themselves on so other animated stuff you guys want to mention that i or, or things in the disney section in general that you want to mention that i have not covered i think wish and elemental were two other movies that seemed like they were pretty important wish was the one that is kind of you know how like in all the disney's movies and even when you go to disney world it's like when you wish upon a star i guess that's going to be exploring the origin story of the wishing star and from there was like concept art that was going around online from d23 with of this movie and apparently there's a really cute little goat who wears pajamas so that one I'm looking forward to, I just think another like interesting premise, you know, delving into Disney lore and just taking a different approach and seeing how they're going to interconnect that potentially throughout their entire universe. And then also Elemental is another Pixar movie. I don't really know too much about this, but, you know, Pixar movies always feel like a pretty big deal to me. One that I want to mention in addition is Win or Lose, which is a really cool premise. It's basically a single baseball game and it's a series where episode after episode after episode it does sort of the perspective of each person involved in that game ranging from the players to the coaches to the umpire etc and i think it it's going to just kind of show people that like you don't know how everyone's day went be empathetic be conscientious because i think we as a society could use a little more empathy so i think this was a really exciting premise and something to look forward to not to mention the coach in this photo that they released has the most pixar mustache i think i've ever seen in my life so that's that's alone is, is a reason to show up but yeah there's there's a lot of pixar is very busy right now that's like if it wasn't clear from like the four things that we just mentioned because yeah you mentioned elemental which again we don't have we haven't seen much of it yet but the idea was essentially announced yeah there, there's there's a lot and as you said wish too is also it's a very interesting kind of meta i would call it a meta movie of like you said you know how they always talk about wishing upon a star well this is it, it's it's hard for me to visualize that conceptually but if they're announcing it i am sure that they have fully visualized it so a lot there's a lot and and you know we're pretty much at the halfway point of the show now and we have covered maybe half 
of, of D23. So uh, there's going to be more to discuss after the break. We're going to get to Marvel and Star Wars and all that good stuff. Before we get to that, we will take our break. But before we take our break, I will, of course, be shouting out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen was here last week. Stephen had a good time being here. It was a biased quiz. I feel personally that Stephen was cheated, but nevertheless, he seems to have had a good time. Uh, and if you want to have a good time, you could be the same as him. The guest spot on the show is one of the things that Steven gets as a Patreon producer on the show, and he's a Patreon producer as a night-level subscriber on our Patreon page. So he gets that guest, that occasional guest segment. He gets the shout-out every week that I'm giving him right now, and of course, he gets input into the weekly game segment, as well as the monthly secret segment and vlog. He gets access to those. There's also a Squire level of support, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, and a page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. And all of the details on all of those levels of support are found over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. You can head over there. You can talk to us. You can talk to Steven. You can see what we have to offer, and you can consider giving back to the show and helping us keep this thing rolling on. Uh, so again, that's patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Thanks again to Steven. We will take a short break now to shout out a sponsor, and we will come back to talk about Star Wars, Marvel, and 20th Century Studios. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because we heard them advertised on other shows, and quite frankly, I wanted to see what all the hype was about, and let me tell you, the hype was real. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It's quick and easy for me to toss back in the morning as I'm getting ready for work. One scoop into a glass of water helps me wake up even on tired mornings, and I know my gut and immune system will be prepped for the day. And I know what you're thinking. Green drink. Blech. But Athletic Green's green drink actually tastes really good. The best part is that I get all my supplements in for way cheaper than taking individual supplements themselves. It costs less than three bucks a day, so you're investing in your health for cheaper than a cup of coffee. It's also a trusted product. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and comes recommended by professional athletes and leading health experts alike. And for every purchase, you're helping to feed kids. Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks to Athletic Greens for helping to sponsor the show. And now we'll get back to the episode. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. And we're the hosts of the Madam's Podcast, where it's all about movies, minus the mansplaining. Every week, we discuss a film that fits into a quirky theme for the month. And there's plenty of bonus content on our Patreon feed, too. So if you're looking for commentary that'll make you laugh and think you found your new favorite show. New episodes of The Madams drop on Mondays, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Madams Pod, or on our website, themadamspod.com.
Okay, in my mind, when we start talking about the Marvel Star Wars and 20th Century Studios showcase, the starting point has to be the Mandalorian Season 3 trailer. Personally, my favorite trailer of the entire event. Because Grogu is so adorable? Yeah, I, I'm... I mean, obviously, that's that continues to be a centerpiece of of the show. I don't I don't begrudge it that it's what made the show particularly good in the first two seasons. I am probably begrudgingly going to have to go and watch the book of Boba Fett to know how they reunited, because <laughs> I'm assuming that happened sometime in the book of Boba Fett, and I'll have to find that out. But I mean, there's I have zero complaints about the direction that the show appears to be going in, a- and. I think the main reason for that is I, I don't I don't know I mean you know there is of course the whole storyline of you're not a Mandalorian anymore but a lot of the rest of it looks to me like just classic Mandalorian stuff just keep doing what you're doing and yeah they didn't focus at all on Luke Skywalker <laughs> which was interesting to me right I, yeah I, I don't know I'm curious to see what occurs with the whole Bo-Katan thing which I'm I, it's clearly going to be a focus of some kind but I'm not worried about that getting in the way of the show continuing to be incredible. So I I don't even know how much I have to say about it concretely. I just think it was the best trailer of all the trailers that I've watched, which have been many with, with with D 23 sticking with star Wars, I guess. Yeah. Do you have more to say about it? It was not the best trailer of all the trailers, but we'll get into it when we get there. We'll, we'll find out that then I guess what you thought was the best sticking with star Wars. I also did think the Andor trailer was quite good. Certainly Andor has the classic problem as a lot of this content does where i it's hard for me to want to invest myself into the character because i know what happens to him <laughs> like it's just it's a very classic i think the show looks looks great i think stellan skarsgård is an incredible casting for that show i just it's hard for me to not think about the terminal point for that character um when, as i'm watching this and I know it's going to have bearing on what happens. So I feel like I'm already going into the show knowing too much, if that makes sense. But I think it looks very action-packed, which is a good thing for a Star Wars show to be. Thoughts on Andor? Yeah, I was just kind of middle of the road on it. I was, of all the Star Wars content, yes, I was most excited about The Mandalorian. But the thing, the beauty about The Mandalorian is it was one of the first ones that came out with Disney+. Plus. So it was like, all right, this is new. I'm going to get into it. And now I'm, I'm very quickly re- reaching this point of saturation where... I don't want to get into all the other characters. Well, the other thing is, too. So, like, we never saw Rogue One. And the nice thing about The Mandalorian was that it was a new character. You didn't have to have a backstory. You didn't have to really understand where the character was coming from because we all learned about him at the same time. And prequels to movies that I've never seen, exploring characters that I don't know who they are, like... that is a struggle for me because maybe this makes me a bad nerd, but like I haven't watched everything. And like, I guess when Disney plus announced the Mandalorian and even like Marvel stuff, I guess I just assumed that it would be a lot more like original characters, which Marvel has done a better job doing star Wars. Not so much. Is that an incorrect statement? I feel like the Mandalorian's the only kind of like standalone thing. The word saturation resonates with me uh i i think the point you're, you've made is is extremely valid and i also think the point of the mandalorian was first to the party and it, it definitely benefited from that you know it, a lot of people were hooked in because at that point it was one of the only games in town in terms of shows on disney plus and people wanted to get their money's worth out of a new disney plus subscription so that certainly helped it along i think rogue one is not as good as ever 
people give Rogue One so much credit. I do not think it was that good. For first of all, let me say that. Like, I, you wouldn't be missing much by by watching it. But but yeah, all these things. I mean, I complained about this in, in our last segment, right? Like, so many shows, people are going to become overexerted and they're going to lose track. They're not, I'm talking about having to go watch Book of Boba Fett to be able to watch The Mandalorian and being fully caught up on things. And like, look, that's a chore. Like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, I guess the joke is on me and they're ultimately winning because I, I will watch it. But I don't like that all these things are putting us in that place. And, and, and like, you're watching this Andor trailer and you're not, I'm not caring, but you're even more not caring because you you don't know who this character is, right? And and you feel like you have to find out. Give us an original character. And I, I totally agree that Marvel, and Marvel has its own set of issues that we'll get to, but they've done a far better job of that, I, I think, than, than, than Star Wars has. The other side of the coin is Star Wars Tales of the Jedi. These are a series of six original stories focusing on characters that we know, animated. I think I think this one has, has juice, certainly. I think Qui-Gon Jinn is a character that has been... I'm going to say somewhat underutilized, I think is a great character. So I, I was into that. That comes out October 26th. Tectic, stop me when we get to the trailer that you thought was the best. Because <laughs> otherwise, I'm just going to just going to keep rolling here. We got other, we you know, we got a little whisper of, of Ahsoka. We got Bad Batch Season 2 announced for 2023. But otherwise, that kind of rounds out a lot of the Star Wars stuff. The Marvel stuff is a little bit heftier. Before we get to Marvel, though, I want to I want to tackle my second favorite trailer which i have not seen the original willow and it so it may help that i have no context but i thought this was the second best trailer behind mandalorian of the entire event i just think so i i think the thing about it was it to me it's totally original because i have no context and it's it's comparatively in this field of things so much more standalone that it it, it allows me an opportunity to discover something and that I, was my kind that. of take on this. Like, I didn't know that this was based on an existing IP at all. So my initial take when I was watching this trailer is, oh, wow, like this is a new Lucasfilm property set in a like fantastical world. I'm all here for it. And so I didn't realize it wasn't a new property, but I'll be able to approach it. Like you said, like it is a new property. And so it feels fresh and right. exciting. Plus, I like like fantasy setting stuff. Like, I feel like we have a lot of that like, sci-fi take that we get in both you know obviously star wars but marvel kind of leans into the sci-fi realm pretty heavily as well like obviously they have the superhero aspect but they go into space a lot i mean you have the whole guardians of the galaxy arc and you know multiverses and stuff like that that's all very sci-fi grounded whereas this is more fantastical and i feel like we don't get a lot of at least not in the disney property a lot of like fantasy takes so it'll be interesting to see how this holds up against the likes like it's a very different tone obviously but how it holds up against the likes of you know the big tent poles now like lord of the rings the the new game of thrones show it'll be nice if there's like a disneyfied version of that genre it's an interesting property for lucasfilm to be involved in and you know i i think it i think you should have no problem going into this show not being aware you probably could go in without even watching the 19, 1988 film upon which it's based. I mean, there's just, there's so much connective tissue. I think there's probably a lot fewer things for you to get lost in as opposed to a Marvel show where there's going to be a billion references that you're just not going to get. You know, it's, it's. I think it's going to benefit greatly from that. I think it looked very imaginative. I think, you, I think you're exactly right about it attacking, you know, other fantasy things out there as opposed to, 
you know, it wouldn't try, it wouldn't try to attack itself, right? It wouldn't try to attack the Marvel and Star Wars audiences, which are quite a bit more, you know, sci-fi focused. But I was really, really into Willow. Definitely. That was one that I'm going to be keeping my eye out for. Pretty much the rest of what's here is Marvel. And I don't know how we want to attack this because there's, I'm going to swing it over to you, Tectic, because you've been relatively silent and I want to know what your favorite thing was and you're, you're okay. continuing to play it close to the chest. So take it away. My favorite trailer was absolutely the Marvel's Secret Invasion trailer. This was Marvel, but not Marvel. This had, you know, secret agents, spy vibes. Yes, the Krolls were in there, but it just it just had a very different feel, and it was just seemed like nonstop action, spy. It's the stuff that we wanted Marvel to always be, but then it just got too campy over the years. And this, to me, just takes it back to that hardcore badass roots. And this was a sweet trailer. Well, so I want to I want to agree with you in the sense of you know Winter Soldier is my favorite Marvel movie, and it was very it had had the same kind of tone, right? Which is and perhaps not coincidentally, the fact that Nick Fury is coming back may lend itself to that. You know, it's 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 more of like a spy thrillery, very action packed thing. And the most important thing about it, which a lot of these things do a lot of these marvel properties now do it repeatedly and it bugs the crap out of me this show has no interest in being funny and i think that is fantastic (laughs) more of that please less of the marvel quote-unquote comedy that most of the time just makes me want to cringe out of my skin these days like more of the we're going to take ourselves seriously and like you said like do what it feels like they used to do i totally i totally agree with that i i don't know you know I'm worried about getting lost in the story weeds with this one because it's it's really delving into like the stuff with the scrolls and stuff that I know way less about. But Olivia Coleman also appearing in this, she's an amazing actress. So that's another one that I that's another reason I think to keep an eye on this one. So generally I agree with you on that one. Nerd Bomber, thoughts on the secret invasion? No, I mean I think it looked pretty cool. Like you said, I think I worry about getting lost in a plot line that I don't really know a whole lot about. But I'm hoping that because it is the TV format for this one, if I'm remembering correctly, this is a TV show, correct? It is, yes. I think that that will give it the proper time to lay the foundation to kind of delve into this because I typically don't agree that most of these shows that they're making need to be shows. But I think this is one where there's probably a lot of backstory that we didn't really get into. Because if you think about it, like we were kind of introduced to this the start of this plot line with Captain Marvel, which was how many years ago? And like Captain Marvel kind of like disappeared into the ether for a while. So I feel like this is its own, like we have to kind of get back to roots and lay down a lot of foundation here. And I think the TV format will serve it well. Totally agreed. Continuing through and, you know, looking at all the Marvel stuff here, I want to go to the, I think the only other trailer that we got, there were a lot of announcements. The only other trailer I can see here on the list is actually pretty unique. I'm excited for this one too, if only because it's different. Marvel Studios, they're calling it a special presentation, Werewolf by Night, which is kind of a, it's a Halloween special, kind of trying to be a 1940s horror movie. It looks like it's shot in black and white and, and kind of like, kind of old, like film affectations when, when you watch it you know you can see lines on the screen and things like that and it looked like good old-fashioned horror if anything it looked a little dark for a disney plus property and even yeah i was a kind of confused property, how this which was going to be like this seems more like it should be on hulu you know well it is a marvel property right. there is it is a comic book it is yeah it, it, it is and i i don't know anything about it and i i want to keep it that way i want to go into this you know treating it like a classic horror situation and like i i 
I think it's again like in in a sea of of other Marvel announcements and things and other Disney Plus, Star Wars, Marvel, all that stuff. This stuck out as particularly unique and, and especially again the fact that it's a one-off makes me so much more likely to watch it but a lot of the time it's as simple as that this is like the commitment level is just lower so i was very on board with that other announcements now, now tactic i know you mentioned way up at the top that you want to talk about video games and we haven't really talked about any the one that i want to bring up specifically was the captain america black panther game which i believe as of now is untitled but again 1940s looks like kind of a spy game not a lot of detail other than a cinematic, but I love the idea of it. Are there other video games you want to you want to touch on? Oh yeah, yeah. Or also thoughts on that one? I just wish this wasn't Captain America. That that's my take. I just wish it wasn't you just Captain don't like America. It. I don't. I, I don't that, want. Like I'm sure it, it poses an interesting setting for sure. But I just wish it was literally anything but Captain America. I like. I can just picture in my head all of the dialogue and cutscenes where Captain America is going to have that like, oh, I am better than thou because I am so patriotic and trying to do the right thing. And it's just like... Mm. Over-virtuous yeah. is the term I'll use. It, like, is it the over-virtuosity that bothers you or the, are you feeling the character is played out or, or both? It both. sounds like it's both. And like, I'll be excited if I it's get to choose... If I get to choose to never be Captain America and only play as Black Panther, then like, sign me up. <laughs> There's also two underling characters you can play as one of like one of the Black Panther buddies and one of the Captain America buddies, I guess, which I, I don't we don't know much about this game yet. But timeline was you're not you're not going to be T'Challa. You'd have to be his dad. That's another or his grandfather, I believe. Yeah, I actually think you're his grandfather. Uh, oh, that's I right, read yeah. about it. But I believe it's it's two generations back. But yeah, that's a good point, too. I, I think that's that plays to its benefit. I, I think the further you can distance yourself from actual, like, I don't, I don't want to play that game and see someone that's not Chadwick Boseman and think that should be Chadwick Boseman, you know, and this time it shouldn't be because it's character two, gen- two generations back. Uh, I think that can only be- serve to benefit it. But the only other game that I'm immediately aware of because I watched the trailer for it was Tron Identity and the trailer was a waste of time. <laughs> I think I think the game itself sounds kind of cool. It sounds like a detective story set in the Tron world, but the trailer itself was literally 40 seconds of nothing. So, um, so yeah, go ahead. So for me, there's two games that I'm particularly excited about. And the first one is Marvel's Midnight Suns. This, this trailer just looked absolutely badass. The fighting style, it seems like it's turn-based, which I'm not in love with, but having full superhero customization is, I mean, you guys know that I always drone on and on and on and on about character customization. So that is chef's kiss. And the other one is the supporting cast and crew. My goodness, it is just a phenomenal crew that you're going to be playing with. And it seems like that'll expand over, over DLC. I'm not quite sure, but Right now, I mean, even the the Ghost Rider that you can play as, it's it's not the one we're all familiar with with the motorcycle. It's uh, I believe that's Bobby Reyes, which is you get a sweet muscle car and Wolverine and oh, oh just everyone just so excited. Iron Man, and then the the costumes just look fantastic. And the oh, this 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 one was top tier. I'm excited to play this one. Then the other game that I'm actually really excited about, which is completely opposite, was the Mickey Mouse and Friends game. I love me a good side scroller. They all have neat abilities to it. And it just seems like it'd be a fun ride that just kind of low bar to entry. I could play it between things and just enjoyable. And it's co-op. And it's co-op. We love co-op here at the Online Warriors podcast. Yeah, I I don't know if we'd heard about that one prior. Midnight Suns, we might have talked about it on the podcast prior. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the, the, 
the Mickey Mouse one I don't think we'd heard about. Marvel Snap also got a trailer. We talked about that on the podcast before. I believe it got a release date, but I can't currently remember when it is. <laughs> October 18th, 2022. So that's coming soon. Yeah, it, and it, it is worth noting, like, a lot of this stuff is far field, but a lot of, like, I'm pretty sure Andor comes out, like, in a week or something. Like, some of these things are really soon. So if you're curious about anything we've mentioned, g- give give it a quick Google for the release date, because for all you know, when you're listening to this, they might already be out. A lot of it's 2023, but a lot of it is, is you know, fall continuing into winter of, of 2022. So again, you know, we've we've really danced around. We've already taken almost all the episode talking about it. There are a lot of things we didn't mention. We did not have a whole lot of time to discuss the new Thunderbolts. There's one more I'm surprised that Nerd Bomber didn't mention. And I Go have on. two words for her. Vroom? Vroom? Oh, Disney Speedstorm. Yeah, so we've seen this one. And I, I didn't want to like spend time too much time on it because, you know, we've seen trailers for this before, but it's the Disney take on, you know, your classic cart racer game and i mean it just it looks cool i just wanted to come out i had already signed up for the play test like a while ago and then i don't know if the play test happened while we were on our break or whatever and we were not in town but i don't think i ever saw play testing for that and it just looks fun i'm a cart racer i love it so it looked cool right on yeah, I think, and they were pro- I'm sure there were other games. I, I don't see any of the game stuff in front of me. Like, I'm going to run down a quick list here of things we missed. I'm sure there's a lot more game content that we did not discuss. But another big thing we didn't talk about, kind of because it didn't fit in any particular bucket, but also there was no trailer for it that we can see, is Indiana Jones 5, um, which I guess, like, Harrison Ford, like, got emotional on stage talking about it, which that's, you know, something. Captain America New World Order, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania got, got some... Got some airtime talking about links to Avengers Kang Dynasty. There was a new Wakanda Forever trailer. The Marvels. It just, you know, there's there's so much stuff. Uh, Loki Season 2, Daredevil Born Again. All things that were essentially revealed. We got first looks at them. So if you're interested in any of those, do some quick clickety-clacking, Googling around to see when they are dropping. Some of them we're not sure yet. But lots of stuff to look forward to. Potentially an over-inundation of content, as we've already kind of discussed. But... If there's a character that you're particularly pining for that you want to come back, chances are they are set up to come back in some way. That's like one of the takeaways, I feel like. Ironheart, we also heard about, uh, which that's that's a newer character. But again, there's a lot of things that it was behind the behind closed doors footage, so we don't see any of it. People who are lucky enough to be at D23 get to see it. So for now, we will transition into What Are You Up To Wednesday before we get into the quiz, which I believe is hosted by Nerd Bomber today. I'm going to start because I did something... I think pretty interesting this this past weekend. I participated in a Tough Mudder. And if there are two words I could use to describe it, one would be tough and the other would be mud or like muddy, not mudder because that wouldn't make any sense. But like it was it was tough and it was muddy. Those, are, those things were both true about it. I'm actually sitting here a day after doing it. So I'm pretty sore in all areas of my body. It was, fi- it was a 15K run with 30 obstacles. I think I acquitted myself well. I recommend Tough Mudders generally if you're at all in the, in the kind of headspace to do physical activity and like challenge yourself i think you should do it that's just like that's just kind of like a psa any any further questions on my experience can be directed to at ow86 on twitter and um, i'll be happy to answer the other big thing that happened to me was we started the lord of the rings the rings of power on amazon and I have to, I believe, eat crow here because I'm sure at some point on the podcast we talked about it and I said that's a load of hooey or it's going to be a load of hooey. It is anything but a load of hooey. It's actually incredibly good. Three episodes in, so I'm as of this recording, I am current on it. I want to basically shout out the writing and the score. Probably the two single most important things 
to me personally about that show, by the way, like the two things that I feel like need to be good about it are both incredibly on point, like borderline perfect. So everything else that comes after that is kind of just gravy. If you're at all a Lord of the Rings fan, if you're even a casual Lord of the Rings fan, I would strongly recommend it. It fits into a fantasy niche that like Game of Thrones has often occupied and is trying to reoccupy with House of the Dragon. But I just, I think it's, I think it's so much more for me. It's certainly less adult than Game of Thrones is. Like there hasn't been a sex scene yet and there probably won't be. So if you're looking for that kind of party, this isn't what that is. But it's a really, really good fantasy show that I, at this current time, can't recommend highly enough. So that's a... That's the, the status of things on my end, but I'll, I'll swing it over to Tactic to continue on. So I have, I think these are going to end up being joint updates because I really got two main things. First one is on this past Labor Day, we found a really good sale and we got ourselves what we thought was going to be a little, one of those gas propelled fire pit tables. And it was not. It was a full on table table. So we embraced it. And uh, when it came, we put it together and we had ourselves a nice little outdoor projector screen night. We were able to watch football outside and, and just and just have a good time. So that's that's one thing. So if you ever always always if you can do out things outside, including watch TV, do that. It's great. Then the other thing is Nerd Bomber and I have been playing a ton of Nobody Saves the World. It is a fantastic couch co-op, super addicting game that is available for just about any console. So. Go ahead and check that out. It is basically the premise is you're this little dude that can transform into different forms that give you various abilities and powers. And you just kick butt and try to save the world. Yeah, like you have to to elaborate a little bit more on that. So you start at the bottom of the form tree, right? And you basically you can either be yourself, which is basically a closeless guy because the the game starts where you wake up and you don't know who you are, where you are, you're naked, and you're just this little like amorphous little figure. And then you power up and you can be turned into a rat. Then once you master the rat class, the tree kind of branches out and you have two more options. And then off of each of those options, once you master those classes, you have two or three more options. And then the, finally, the tree, as you work your way up, comes together and there's one final form that takes a lot of different leveling up of all of the different previous forms until you can unlock it and you know you go through dungeons because it's a dungeon crawler at heart and you're going through different dungeons and some of the enemies have different buffs because each of the different forms there's like a dark magic form there's uh, like a strength form there's like a slashing attack form there's A a light form yeah a magic light form And so then once you hit a certain level, you can start swapping skills from the different forms and you can kind of build your quote unquote perfect build and you kind of have to change it up too as you go through different dungeons because they'll kind of require different sorts of attacks and different skills. And it's just, you know, the... The gameplay is pretty fun. The moving through the different forms kind of keeps you coming back from the gameplay loop because you want to move on to see like what the next forms that you'll unlock are. And it, I mean, it's just a funny game too. like the writing is pretty funny. It doesn't take itself seriously. Like the art style is very cartoony and animated. And it's just, you know, we're having a blast with it. I think in the last week, because we've been getting some rainy weather and we've just been playing the snot out of it. I think we probably have like 15 hours into it 
and we started it last weekend and we've just been kind of powering through it and having a good time. We're, we're definitely approaching, I mean, you mentioned rainy weather, but also, you know, Technic mentioned stay outside while you can. Like we're, we're going to be approaching like peak video game time, mm-hmm. which I, I, my video game updates are almost certain to increase because, you know, I've been busy doing other things and I'm going to be a lot less busy when we have to stay inside. So I feel you on that. Yeah. Other than that, only other update I want to give, unless Tactic had more to say on that, is uh, we've also been watching the latest season of Trying, which is a show on Apple TV+. And it's just a really feel-good show. Uh, the first couple of seasons are about a couple who's, as per the title of the show, trying to have a baby, and then they run into issues because they can't. And so then the second season is all about them trying to adopt kids. And then this third season is about, you know, trying to, you know, make the adoption official because they kind of come into a circumstance where they end up fostering a pair of kids and they have to make the adoption official and go through like the entire process. And it's based in the UK. And it's just a very like feel good show. And the cast of characters surrounding the main couple and eventually the two kids are just, you know, they have a lot of depth. And especially since the first season, a lot of the side characters have definitely like grown and become more complex. And it's just a show that, you know, you throw on half hour comedy. I feel like there's not a lot of half hour comedy shows anymore that aren't like sitcoms. And so it's just, I don't know, another win for Apple TV Plus, I think. And it just got renewed for a fourth season. So that'll probably be coming in the pipeline sometime next year or two. Right on. Well, I think, unless Tactic has anything more to add to his update, I think you have a quiz for us. Do you not? I do. And this quiz is all about Raisin Bran, not a sponsor. Oh, damn. I love cereal. Good, good, good topic. So Patreon people. This is another, we're going back to the Price is Right format, not doing the Jeopardy buzz thing that Tactic had going on because that seemed very stressful. And I do not like having to judge who buzzed in first. So we're going back to Price is Right style. Before you get into it, I, Tactic 10 and 8, Nerd Bomber 9 and 9, Illegal 86, 8 and 13. Not the best. Steven, uh, 2 and 1, by the way. I'd be remiss if I did not mention that. I've played so many more games than you guys. I guess because I keep losing. That's mm-hmm. that's the implication. Anyways, take it away. I have high hopes. All right. So Tactic will go first for this question, just so illegal, you'll have a little bit of, I guess, a benefit going into the first round here. In what year was Raisin Bran invented? This was 1925. Boy, that's an incredibly strong guess. Because I, I, I think my point of reference is cornflakes, which I think were like in the 1910s somewhere. But I, I'm going to, I do think Raisin Bran is quite old. So I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Jesus times. I'm going to, I'm just going to say zero AD as far back as I can go. <laughs> That was a smart tactic, but not smart enough. You probably should have just plus one him because he was very close. It was actually invented in 1926. Scarily oh. spot on. So tactic okay, has Okay, so I should have plus one him to get it exact. I'm yep. so happy because you guys are going to think I'm weird, but Raisin Bran is actually one of my favorite cereals. Weird. Yeah. This is collu- this, again. See, this, Stephen, if you're listening, this is collusion again. I, I don't. I don't know. I like, don't even. I don't Nerd even Bomber's think Nerd Bomber knew that about me. I didn't. Nerd I would not have expected that. On, uh, well, of course you're going to say that on the air. There's officially controversy. I'm hitting the big red button here. I mean, this is this is. We need to rethink I, but, the format of the show. No. So. I'm just one of those weirdos that likes putting raisins in everything. Like when I bake, I put raisins in it. In salad, I like to put raisins in it or craisins. It's really the, if you have the asins, whew, you are in my food. Well, right. fine, whatever. I don't even. I don't even care. Let's continue. 
How many grams of carbohydrates are in one serving of Raisin Bran, according to Kellogg? How many grams of carbohydrates? It's a lot. 28 grams. And you said, what was the unit of measurement? Grams. No, I mean, how many grams? How many was in what? How many what? One serving of Raisin Bran. Essentially, you just didn't listen to the question. Correct. That's what it sounds like. And illegal, what did you say? I said 28 grams that sounds low this is a this is a energy packed meal hashtag not a sponsor so i'm gonna say 50 tactic busted illegal gets a point 47 grams <laughs> oh okay i'll take it i'll absolutely take that i didn't want to i knew it was like i didn't want to be so close where it was cheap so i just like want a dang that's a disappointment. You, you, you were close. You certainly had the right idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went pretty nominal with it, and you, you, you were obviously a lot closer. But that's you know, it's the way the cookie crumbles. Them's the rules. Okay. This one is another kind of <laughs> exactly. like standard semi-nutritional kind of like box information question. How many ounces of raisin bran are in the family size box? This is ounces in the family size box. I did repeat that so that tactic would actually listen to the question. This is 57 ounces. Okay, that's way too much. I'm going to say one ounce because it's like 16 or something, but I want to get that close. So one ounce. Illegal is out here taking his points. 24 ounces. Tactic busted again. Well, my math was off. <laughs> These next two questions yeah. are some That'd of my... That'd be a big fa- box of raisins. <laughs> that would be the <laughs> biggest box of raisins. I think I actually meant to... I meant, I think... How many ounces are in a pound? 16. Is it 16? Right? 16, yeah. Yeah, it's 16. Yeah, my math was off. How many did you th- how many ounces how many ounces did you think were in a pound? <laughs> just just <laughs> next question. <laughs> okay. All right. So right now, game is two to one in a legal favor. These next two questions are some of my favorite questions that I came up with. According to a business insider article, they did an analysis of raisin brand boxes. What percentage of raisin bran is actually raisin? Oh man, that that is a really good question. Oh boy, by weight or by volume? I believe they actually counted the <laughs> solid question. I think they counted. Isn't that a great follow up question? But I believe it was like a combination where they counted and did vol like weight so that they could come up with like an average. I think they averaged it. Okay. In other words, you'd you have to look up absolutely the punts, you, yeah. You absolutely punted on my sub. Yeah, you'd have to look up the Business Insider article. I don't know, man. I it's 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 not high. I'm gonna say eight percent. I'm gonna say nine percent. I think it's twelve, really, but I'm gonna say nine. He used his plus one to great advantage, although his twelve percent answer would not have failed him because they had their analysis came up with a percentage of thirteen point nine percent. In raisins, I don't know if that's by volume or by weight, but it's so we were thirteen point nine percent raisin. We were right there. That's that's the thing. We were right there with it. All of my like yeah. actual like, if I went with my like, all of my answers have been weirdly close. I don't. I hate this. I hate this. So how do we want to do this? I mean, technically, I haven't used the plus one. So can I just plus one him on the last question, or do we want to do a text? You question? technically could. We're not at. Yeah, we've, a, we've done that. On like the this past. is not a tiebreaker. This is part of the game. You know, you have the look. I need the win. Yeah. So let's let, let's just proceed as normal. Okay, so when I was Googling and doing some research about Raisin Bran, I came across a Reddit thread. 
the question posed by the Reddit thread was how many raisins would be in each box of Raisin Bran if the sun on the box were the size of the actual sun? What was the top upvoted calculated answer? Okay, that question's a thinker. So if the if the box was bigger than the sun, wait, okay, say the question again, because I'm actually confused. How many raisins would be in each box of Raisin Bran if the sun on the box were the size of the actual sun? Okay, so you take, well, I'm not going to tell Tuckdick what to do. I just opened my phone calculator over here and then realized that I don't know what I was planning to do with it. Like I was, just, I was ready to just punch in a bunch of numbers and I... Do you have a pen? Tactics over there doing long division. Do my use, yeah. My units. I need to make sure they track. I'm not messing up conversions again. I don't want to rain on your parade, but just bear in mind that whatever number you say, I'm just going to add one to it. So it has to be exactly right. So you're taking a lot of time to probably get nothing out of it. Nerbomber, what's he doing over there? He's doing a lot of math, and I'm not really sure why, because I don't think he'll actually be able to come up with this answer, but hey. What was the question? Are you joking? I what just, have you been I, calculating I just calculated there? how many raisins per box. What was the question? If the sun on the box was the size of the actual sun, how many raisins would there be? You genuinely cannot calculate this, because we do not have a box. You can't measure the, bo- the sun on the box. And also, you need to know how big the sun is. Can I do like the Jeopardy song and then when it runs out, he has to answer? If you want to harmonize, go for it. Shut up. Time's up, Tactic. I have my answer. Do tell. Go on. It's a big number. 3.34. Yeah trillion raisins give that to me empirically 3.34570910 e to the 20 all right illegal i'm gonna say one raisin i think he busted oh man you should just plus one to him come on yeah is it actually in the trillions it was a 1.1 times 10 to the 32 (laughs) okay well yeah that's fine i'll take the i'll take the l it was never going to be worth it even if i won it wasn't going to be worth it because of how long that took so that moves me to 8 and 14. It moves Tectic to 11 and 8. And I don't know what else there is to say. Can we, just, let me than, just talk about guess, my calculations real quick? So we know that from previous questions, it's 24 ounces per box of raisins. or per Family box, size box. Family size box. That's what I was going with, 24 ounces. And we know that there's 13% raisins in a box, which is roughly... 3.12 ounces of raisins. And I said that one raisin is about 0.1 ounces, which yields 31.2 raisins per box. Then I said that the sun's diameter is, which I think this is very wrong. This is where my, I was off by a couple places, but I was just getting rushed. So I said it was 700 million miles. And then I just did cross-sectional area of the sun, converted that to feet. And then I said one box of raisins is one foot. And how many box of raisins are in that? And that was my number. And I'm I'm bitter if that wasn't wasn't clear. But uh, you will host. I don't next know week. why you didn't plus one. Because the I, I legitimately massive. thought you had gone over. I legitimately thought you had gone over, and clearly I, I was wrong. And uh, hey, feel free to make fun of me about that on Twitter uh, at owlady six. Our main show account at online warriors one. Uh, Nerd bombers at ownerdbomber. Tactic is at OW Tactic. But it's it's a game. Go, go, go on. You, you got to play the game. So if you plus one, I am. I, worst I, case, I was. Worst case scenario, we both bust and we go to another question. Or you win. 
Whereas if you go zero, you either lose or win. Like so, there's a that's that's the the net, that's a net fine analysis. That's a fine piece of logic. That's a fine piece of logic. I'll I'll, I'll get him next time. I, that's 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 all I have to say at this point. I'll, I'll remember that. I guess it is is what I'll do. Hopefully, you'll join us next week. Hopefully, I'll find myself a win when Tactic hosts. In the meantime, if you like what you listen to, you can head to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there. Uh, head to our Patreon, consider giving back to the show, and hit us up on Twitter at the handles I mentioned. We will be back next week to talk about the latest and greatest in the nerd news world. But until then, I'm actually going to do the tech tip today. Because before the show, before we aired, I said something funny, and Tectic said that should be the tech tip. So uh, my tech tip is as follows. If you know someone who is thinking about getting LASIK, uh, have them take the glasses off so you can look them up and down to make sure it's a good idea because they can't see how good they look without glasses because they can't see without glasses or how not good so just remember without that. glasses right it's a dangerous thing so just everybody out there who's considering lasik just be careful that's a piece of advice for you as well we'll see you next week